0: So her question is um, that killing is considered bad um, and should, um, what about pest control or killing other insects and cockroaches and mosquitoes and other little human beings? So (laughs) uh, what about that? Actually, I've spoken about it a few times and I will share my view with you again. I feel if you are living in a city and insects and mosquitoes and so on come in your home, then you have the right to choose what kind of a host you want to be. You want to kick them out, you want to slaughter them, you want to harbor them. Obviously, not killing them or not eradicating them in some way is not the solution. Your home will be infested with it. Just like you clean... Or cleans your mind, because if you let negativity just harbor, and you say I can't kill my negativity because killing is bad, it will continue to just grow and build and build and eventually take over your mind. So these little creatures, there is uh, absolutely no issue in uh, sending them where they belong. <laughs> now. I'm reminded of a little incident from the life of uh, Ramakrishna Paramahansa. So as you know, he was a great devotee of Goddess Kali, and he lived for Mother, he ate for Mother, he, he practically did everything in his daily life with the memory of Divine Mother. Now, one time, um, because he, his favorite food was fried uh, fish, uh, but other than that, he never engaged in any kind of killing. So one of his disciples, I, forgot, I forget his name, one day he was thinking about, is it okay to kill little insects and, and so on? And he thought, today I will go and ask Thakur, uh, is it okay to kill little insects? And when he reached there, What he saw was uh, Ramakrishna was outside with his uh, little mattress and beating the hell out of it with a little stick. He said, these bedbugs, they have to be killed. There is no other way for these little monsters. And the disciple wrote in the book that he got his answer. Without him asking the question, his master was doing exactly what was going on in his own mind. Even if we were to take a scriptural view on this, it's perfectly okay to, uh, to get rid of these little insects. For the simple reason, it's just not practical. What will you do with them? Right? I mean, what exactly will you do? Will you build a little home for them? Okay, all of you go there. I mean, today people struggle to have even a room to themselves. So... Um, And so I think it's okay. It's one thing to know how to lead your life in a meaningful way. It's another thing altogether to be an idealist. An idealist uh, is a pain for everybody. Because they want others to change. That's the problem with idealism somebody who's an idealist will have a problem with everybody. They very conveniently forget or overlook their own shortcomings. So, it's okay. And as far as non-vegetarian food is concerned, I've also spoken about it. I don't think people who eat non-vegetarian foods, they are any lesser human beings. I don't think that they cannot awaken. They cannot be awakened or cannot realize the deep spiritual truths even for a moment. I don't think that people who eat non-vegetarian food uh, are not compassionate because sometimes it's just part of somebody's culture. Not much can be done about it. Sometimes from within you feel, I don't want to eat non-vegetarian food. If it comes from within you, then it's a different matter. And I also feel perhaps, and I don't have any data to validate my assumption here, possibly 50% of the people would turn vegetarians if they could see live how an animal is killed. What kind of torture it goes through. Even if it's a free range chicken roaming around. I don't think that that chicken is happy saying, uh, look, I lived my life now, cut me and eat me, you know. Whether it's farm fed or, or brought up in that, uh, terrib- in those claustrophobic places or whatever, have you. Um, I, I don't think, I think it's a personal choice. And nobody has a right to judge anybody else. Nobody can say, oh, you eat non-vegetarian food? you're a bad human being. Who are we to say, who are we to judge? We don't know their physical composition. We don't know their genetic disposition. We don't know their cultural barriers or requirements. We don't know what kind of circumstances they live in. If somebody is left to one's own device, and let's say that person is uh, all alone on on a boat, and there's a dead body next to him, and he needs to survive, would he eat that flesh? There's a great chance he would. And history has shown people have done exactly that. Forget that. People have eaten themselves to survive. There was a case, this man fell in a little ditch, uh, not little ditch, a deep ditch, and he got stuck there, and he was hoping somebody would contact him, and he had to survive somehow. There was a little water flowing, but he couldn't survive on that. So he started eating his own arm own leg. And he survived. Some 35 or 40 days later, he was rescued. And he, this happened in South America. He said, I had no other choice. At least I'm alive. People have eaten their friends. And you thought only cats did that. <laughs> Humans also do that. So I think when we make sweeping statements with broad generalizations, we do a great disservice to, to a lot of people. And therefore, I don't believe in giving rule of thumbs for anything in life. If anything, I would say, be truthful as much as you can, be kind as much as you can. The rest is commentary. I hope I've answered your question. So, um, she made a good statement. Sometimes uh, people act out of ignorance. And... They are eating, for example, this cheese, and I have eaten Parmesan cheese. And somebody also mentioned that in Swaminar, but I was also told in a lot of the Indian hotels they have vegetarian version of the cheese, which I don't know if it's the truth or not. Now, if you know, somebody is uh, acting out of ignorance, or maybe out of choice, but you know that, okay, they say they are vegetarians and then they are eating this food, should you tell them, or is it okay to tell them? I think it's perfectly okay to tell them, because we won't know, we won't know whether they are acting out of ignorance or, uh, or out of choice until we tell them. And as uh, Ellie Weasel said, if you remain quiet, When an offense is taking place, if you remain quiet, then you are supporting the offender. If you don't take any step towards it, then you're supporting the offender. I remember I I read this thing in Ireland. Um, This man was buying eggs. And he said to the lady, she was selling them on the roadside, and he said, uh, are these... um, uh, eggs fresh she said darling I don't know I'm only selling them I haven't laid them <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> sometimes we don't know the re- reason for the other person to do what they're doing and of course by all means uh, inform them And then uh, they can decide. One time I shared with you this person at Naga Baba's place. He was a worker, and uh, I think I wrote about it in my memoir. I'm not sure if it got deleted later on, but his mother was suffering from pain, kind of arthritic uh, pain. And, And I told him, and he called, and I used to handle all of Baba's calls, and Baba said to me, take this call. So I took it and, and he said, look, my mother is still in pain. And I said, listen, I will check with Baba, okay? And I will get back to you. I can't just ask him a question. He's my guru. I cannot just intrude in his time and say, Baba, what should I do? I promise, I see what you mean. Just give me a line. He said, no, please ask. Where is he? Please ask him. Where is he? I said, he's just around, the, just here. Believe me, I know him. You give me some time, I will get back to you. He said, No, please asking, please asking. Baba said, "Kaho?" Baba <laughs> said, <laughs> uh, Who's this? Baba said to him. I said, Baba, that plumber uh, is, uh, is asking. Give, uh, no, then he didn't say. He said, Okay, what is he saying? I said, Baba, I put the phone, uh, hand on the, on the phone, on the microphone. I said, He's saying his mother's very sick, very unhealthy, in great pain. Is she dead? (laughs) I said, no I don't think so. Tell him call back later. (laughs) Now that was Baba's compassion. He said, And I was making sure that 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 person at the other end won't hear it. So sometimes you just got to deliver it the way it's supposed to be done. When you see pain day in day out, day in day out. I mean, the person in a slaughterhouse really sees slaughtering animal no different to chopping vegetables. For such a person, it's just a, a daily thing that sensitivity disappears. You know, when, when somebody does anything wrong, the first time they do it, they feel terrible about it. A husband would give his wife more flowers, would bring a lot of gifts home. But the second time it feels a little more natural. The third times you feel less guilty. The fourth time you feel it's right. The fifth time you'll feel it's absolutely right, there is no question about it. The sixth time you'll feel entitled I work so hard, this is the least I can do to have fun in my life, and so on. And when people do anything which is questionable, it's only the first few times that it'll feel painful. Then it becomes a part of one's life. Anyway, so, Kay, I agree with you. Please, absolutely, continue with full. Fur-